<laughs> but I am excited for the word this morning and what the Lord has been sharing in my heart about and all that he has for us this morning. But <clears throat> I wanted to testify this morning. I was talking to an apostle right now, and I was like, you know, I want to share the goodness of God. You know, we don't share the goodness of God enough, and we need to. And to me, it's in the little things. It's not even in the big things. Big things can come, and I appreciate them, but it's the little things that just wreck me because he's so detailed with the things that he does. And, um, and last Sunday, if y'all were here, uh, the air conditioner didn't work. <laughs> and if you know our, our whole history with our ACs, they go, they've gone down even last year. And, um, and I, and, and I just felt like even last Sunday, the Lord was like, get up and worship me. Get up and worship me no matter what. And my heart has been so for the nations right now that I started to see in the nations how nothing stopped them from their worship. You know, they're, they're in caves and they're in underground churches and they do everything they can just to worship the Lord, knowing that they could be killed, knowing that if somebody found out about what they were doing, they wouldn't be here anymore. You know, they become martyrs after Christ. And then the AC went out here, and I'm just like, oh, no. We can't miss this opportunity and moment to step into our deep worship with the Father just because the conditions are not what we're used to. And so we came on Monday, and I'm just going to tell you what happened. No, we came on Tuesday because Mondays we, we try to you know, take it easy. But uh, on Tuesday, we came in here and we get a message from Pastor Judy that the front AC wasn't working. <laughs> and we're driving and we're driving on our way over here. And there's just this, this righteous anger rose up in me. And we walked in the door and I said, we're not going to deal with this. I'm like, we've already fixed this one. We've already fixed the other one. And me and my husband, we came in and we both put our hands on the AC uh, in the front and we, we spoke over it. And I was like, you will do what you were created to do and you will cool this place. And we just started speaking in tongues over it. And I, and I just, and I, and, and, it, and it just like my inner man just began to rise up and, and even my husband and we were like, we we're not going to put up with this. And we're not going to agree with this. And we came in here and we started speaking in tongues and declaring. We went out to the back, opened the door, said, where are the fan machines? Because we're going to pray over them right now. And we put our hands on them and we started declaring over them and praying over them. And then, and then uh, I was like, you know, because we didn't know what it was going to cost. Let me say that again. We didn't know the price that had to be paid. That's right. That's not even what I'm preaching on this morning. <laughs> but, but, I, but I felt that way in my spirit. I was like, you know, like, we don't even know what this is going to cost us, Lord. But you are a provider for all things. This place belongs to you. It's not even ours. And so, so they came. The AC guy couldn't come that day. He didn't come to the next day. And it was just like all on the timing of the Lord. He shows up. He goes downstairs to check things out. And then he comes back up. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what, what did you find? And he says, well, we found a little mess down there. But he says it got fixed. And, and, and we took care of it. And, uh, and the people that rent part of the building, they're going to go ahead and take care of this for you guys, and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> My trip out here. <laughs> and I just heard the Lord say, it's been paid for. And all week long, I've been hearing that, like, it's been paid for. Like, why are you going to worry and be burdened if it's been paid for already? 
And uh, I think our, 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 our lenses have to begin to change that things have been paid for. And things have been done already in the spirit for us that we think we have to pull out our wallets and we think we have to pay for something that has already been paid for. And, and, and I just, I just want to share that with you because the Lord, we are being tested at times. And he's saying, are you still going to worship me even in the conditions? When you don't feel me, are you still going to worship me? When you don't feel my presence at times and I feel far away, will you still move out of faith to worship me? And, and he's really, really pulling on us. Why does he pull on us that way? To bring us closer to him. The trials, the tribulations, all are about one thing, and that's to bring us closer to him. To know that we need him in every part of our lives, and we can't do it without him. There's just no way. We can have great plans. We can have great jobs and make all kinds of money, and none of that compares to who he is. And uh, that's my title this morning, Who Can Compare? Um. One day we had, we've been doing a lot of projects here in the building, and I was just, it, we left like at, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock at night that day, and we were taking a drive home, and I was just exhausted. I was just so tired, and we just had a long day, and, um, and Apostle Peter put this song on, and the song was, Who Can Compare? And all of a sudden, I felt this tangible presence come in the vehicle and I just started to weep in the goodness of God and I was just like even though I'm weary and I'm tired I felt the refreshing wind come in over me and I felt like just this encouragement from the Holy Spirit that came in um and I have been praying for a friend of mine's family that they passed away and I have been praying for their family and um, I don't want to I don't hate to I hate to give names because it's not about that but I remember the Lord coming to me in that moment and I felt the breakthrough come in for this family and and I just said God like you know, you can do a million great things, but the minute you do one bad thing, it's sad to say, but other believers remember the one bad thing you did, then all the million good things you did. And that's what happened to my friend. And it really made my heart sad. Because when I was in the car that day, I felt the love of the Father for my friend. And the Lord began to tell me, he was my friend. And it touched my heart so deep. Because people's understanding of what a friend looks like has changed. And it is no longer according to what the, lo the love of the Father is anymore. And, it, and it, just, it just wrecked me. It just wrecked me because... The way that people perceive this person made my heart sad because we've missed, we've missed it. And it wasn't people that were babes in Christ that were doing the wrong things. It was people that were seasoned, that had been years in ministry. And it made my heart so sad because I was like, you, somewhere along the way, you, you missed it. Somewhere along the way, ministry came in your life, and something shifted in your heart. Something shifted there. And, 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 and I say all that because, you know, I think about the generals of faith. And, and I've seen a lot of the videos and all this stuff of the generals of faith. And sometimes their race didn't end the way that people expected it to end. You know, they made mistakes because they were tired and they were weary. I mean, how many of us know that the enemy comes when you're tired and weary? He doesn't come when you're on fire full of God. He comes when you're tired and weary. And I remember, and I remember thinking of these stories and how people begin to emphasize their mistakes more than the things they did for God. 
And it really bothered me because I was like, even to their last breath, if they came to a place of repentance, if they came to a place of crying out to God, then they still are in heaven. It's proof in the word that, that the disciples are all there in the cloud of witnesses. And none of them were perfect. All of them made mistakes. But our, our view of people has to change. How we judge them and how we put them through this ring of, of, of just not seeing them the way that God sees them. And who he calls his friends are people who we may not call our friend. And it's, it's sad, but it's true. And I just started going through this process with the Lord that in our perf- imperfection, in their imperfection, God still welcomed them and embraced them into heaven. The king of all kings, he embraced them. And the Lord saw them as friends, every general. Because it wasn't what they didn't do or what they didn't accomplish, it's what they did. And um, I think if we begin to shift our thinking even for ourselves, in the moments that the enemy will come try to lie to you about where you weren't successful at or where you weren't perfect at, that it matters right now. And um, in Matthew 26, 40, uh, 26, verse 40 through 50, it says, then he came to the, to the disciples. These are, these are the disciples with Jesus. And he says, and found them asleep and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He tells them, your spirit is willing. I've seen people with so much zeal for the things of God. And their, their flesh is willing, but their, I mean, their, their flesh is, is weak, but their, their spirit is willing. And the enemy has been coming with us when we're weak and we're tired. And he tries to knock us off our horse. He tries to take us from that place of being with the Lord. And I, I, was, I was scrolling through, I don't even remember what it was, but I saw this girl. And they had a, a, a caption of her. And a storm had come in. When the storm came in, it caused flooding to her stables where the horses were at. And when the flooding came, the flooding was so bad that they tried to rescue the horses to get out so they wouldn't die. Well, the last horse she tried to pull out, he started getting stuck in the mud. And this spoke volumes to me in the spirit. He started getting stuck in mud. And you see in the picture where she's weary and she's tired, her whole body is lunged over the horse like this. And all you can see is her hands holding onto the reins of the horse where she did never let go of the reins. And as she goes through this process, they called for help, but it took three hours for the help to come. So three hours, she's holding on to the reins. She's lunged over the horse and trying to keep this horse calm that he won't buck up or be scared. And, and it spoke volumes to me. And there was two things that I got from it. And it was that she held on to the reins and never let them go. Even though she was weary and tired, she stayed there until help came. I believe that's where we're, we're having moments right now where the Lord's saying, are you going to hold on to the reins in your circumstance, even though you don't see the breakthrough yet, even though you don't see the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, will you hold on to the reins? Will you lunge yourself over what I've told you to do and not give up on what I've already spoken over your life? And then at the end, her and her horse got rescued. And I believe the Lord is saying, even though you're weary and tired at times, keep praying, keep pressing in. No matter what keeps holding on to the reins, keep, keep, it, keep pressing in. Because your breakthrough is there. It's when you stop that you don't see the other side. You don't see the breakthrough part. And God is teaching us right now how to be, how to have better endurance. 
Because if we do not have the endurance and a little mean comment takes us off our horse or somebody being rude to us or somebody saying things that our feelings got hurt, if that knocks you off and you want to stop the things of God so quick, then he needs to build something inside of us that sustains us. And I, I, just, I just want to give an example of even David. Um, I believe David was in such a great example that David wasn't perfect. He made a mistake with Bathsheba. He fell into sin. He was supposed to be at war, but instead of being at war, he stayed home. He wasn't supposed to stay home. I believe right now the Lord is aligning us just as they were saying during worship in our positioning of where we're supposed to be. Because if we're not where we're supposed to be, according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, let me say that again, according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, because our flesh can get involved in our weakness and our tiredness, then we will begin to see the true thing God has for us. Um, he has this, he has this, this thing happen with him, David does, and he goes through all this mess, right? And then let's go to Psalms 51, 1 through 19. I want to read this with you because even though David made a mistake, it didn't end there for David. It's like, you know, <laughs> I like the, prans the Passions translation, it says, for the pure and shining one, a prayer of confession. When the prophet Nathan exposed King David's adultery with Bathsheba, God, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. Isn't that so beautiful? Your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt because your compassion is so great. Take away these, this shameful guilt of sin. Forgive and, fu and full extent of my rebellious ways and erase this deep stain on my conscience. For I am so ashamed, I feel such pain and anguish within me. I can't get away from the sting of my sin against you. Lord, everything I did, I did right in front of you. For you saw it all against you and and you above all have I sinned everything you say to me is infallibly true and your judgment conquers me Lord I've been a sinner from birth from the moment my mother conceived me I know you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit so come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom purify my conscience make this leper clean again Wash me in your love until I am pure in heart. Oh, I love that part. Wash me in your love. Satisfy me in your sweetness, and my song of joy will return. The place within me, you have created a new clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. May you never reject me. May you never take me from your sacred spirit. Let my passion of life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough that you bring to me. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Then I can show other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. This will find your way back home. They will find their way back home knowing that you forgive them. Oh God, my saving God, deliver me fully from every sin, even the sin that brought blood guilt. Then my heart will once again be thrilled to sing the passionate songs of joy and deliverance. Lord God, unlock my heart. Unlock my lips. And I will overcome with my joyous praise. For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. Let me say that again. For the source of my pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. 
The fountain of the pleasure is found in the shattered heart. You will not despise my tenderness as I humbly bow down at your feet. Because you favor Zion. Do what you do good for her. Be the protecting wall over Jerusalem. And when we are fully restored, you will rejoice and take delight in every offering of our lives as we bring our sacrifices of righteousness before you in love. Can you imagine your son or your daughter saying this to you when they've messed up? They probably would have had you in their first verse. You know, with my own family, I've had to learn that because in our culture, our parents were always telling us what we did wrong. And they were hard on us at times. But the Lord comes and he caresses us and he loves on us. And he says, it's okay if you made a mistake. Because you just get up, dust yourself off, and you keep running your race. And then in 1 John 1, 5 through 10, it talks about, this is a message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all righteousness. If we can't claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. There is forgiveness. Not just forgiveness from the Lord to us. There's a bigger picture of forgiveness that we have to begin to forgive those that have come in our lives. There's a process of forgiveness that God is saying here, look, you're forgiven of your sin. And so now it's time for us to take that same forgiveness and forgive others that have come in our life. You know, you could do good things for the, for the Lord. I've been there, done that. I can do great things for the Lord. I can do this event, that event, this conference, this and that. And I can be everywhere. But when you align yourself in the position and doing only the things that Holy Spirit has told you to do, Spirit, Holy Spirit leading you, greater fruit will come from that than the little bitty seeds here and there. It's a whole different ballgame. I've had to repent at times with my pastor for doing good things and not doing things being led of the Holy Spirit. And none of us fall short in that. I'm telling you right now. There's been moments in our life where we've made decisions based on our own feelings and emotions, and we do not, we're not being led of the Holy Spirit. We all falter in that area. But see, God never forgot what David stood for. And in Acts 13, 17, he's in the church of Antioch, and they come to him. It's like if he's in a church service like this at the church Antioch, right? And they go up to Paul, who's the prophet and the apostle, and they say, hey, Paul, if the Lord gives you anything, can you, I want you to share it, Okay. This is the scene. And then Paul motioned his hand and he said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. What does that tell us? He chose Moses. He chose Noah. He, go back and read their stories because you will find that they were not perfect. Moses hit the rock out of frustration towards the people. You see what I'm saying? They all did something that wasn't 100% in perfection. But then he goes on in Acts 13, 22, and it says, 
He says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he will do everything I want him to do. He recognized two things in David. He recognized that David was obedient to the Holy Spirit and that David had a heart after Jesus, after God. And because of that, that's why he was chosen. He dismayed that he messed up. Paul could have stood up in the church of Antioch and said, well, you know, my, my prophet, you know, the, you know, David, you know, he was a good man, but he made this mistake. He didn't say that. He stood up and he talked about the goodness of God, of what David functioned out of in his life to testify of the goodness of God. It wasn't the bad things that he was trying to uh, tell everybody. Let's bring it to a now time because we have people online that I have to expose. I have to do this. I have to. God said, I'm like, really? That's never been the heart of our father. I don't know what spirit's running you, but it sure ain't Holy Spirit. Just speaking truth. Like my son Peter says, facts. (laughs) That's a new language now. (laughs) Got to stay up with this generation, right? But who can compare to our king? Nobody can. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's why breakthrough comes for us. That's why we have blessings that come for us. Because in our eyes, we're like, how could God bless me? Like, I'm in the worst time of my life. Like, how could he even walk in the door? I'm just, I'm I'm in this broken state right now. And God's like, sweetheart, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. How you're perceiving yourself, how you're seeing yourself right now in this process of brokenness is not how I see you. I bet that's the way God felt about even David. He's like, David's like crying out with everything inside of him. We've all had those moments of crying out and that moment that we understand that we're not in alignment with his will. And in that crying out in that moment, he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. That will cut off so many lies of the enemy you don't even know. When we have an understanding that we have to be led by Holy Spirit but for the sake of his thoughts are not our thoughts. We think we have it all worked out and we don't. We still can't figure out how he thinks about us. We still can't figure out how deep the love is he has for his kids. We just can't. I want to read the beginning of that because it talks about the invitation to the thirsty. In Isaiah 55, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what's not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the riches of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Isn't that something? His faithful love that he promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander to the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And the nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. 
Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. To our God, for he is freely pardoned. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are the ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it. Without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it is, is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. You will go out in joy, be led forth in peace. <laughs> Who wants that this morning, right? The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the, the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's re-own for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Isn't that so powerful? Like, he's talking about the shift here. He's like, look, there's not going to be no more thorns. Flowers, beautiful things are going to start to bud. They're going to start to flourish. Things are about to shift. This is where we're at right now in the spirit with the Lord. Things are about to turn over. We're turning a new page. Do you understand? The Lord is taking us to somewhere new. That same day, we were, I, we were driving in the truck, and I heard that song, Who Can Compare? I began to look at the lands around here, and the Lord was reminding me of something. See, when we first moved here, my husband, he rode his motorcycle out and to the, and by the cornfields. We weren't from here, so the cornfields were like, what? <laughs> I was like, Lord, look how tall the cornfields are. Like, where did you send us? <laughs> this is crazy. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And we had cornfields all around the property that year. And I remember my husband driving down the road. He took a ride. And then the next thing I know on Facebook, he has a picture of him. His motorcycle's here. And he's standing inside the cornfield. And the corn is, as tall, is taller than him. And the Lord was reminding me that the other day because last year we drove through Indiana. I saw a lot of corn in Indiana, but I didn't see much corn here. And I was like, I even asked the Lord about that. I was like, Lord, man, I haven't seen the corn like it was the first year we moved here. Like tall, tall, like crazy amount of corn everywhere. And it was funny because when I heard this, this song, Who Can Compare, I started looking around and I started seeing that this year there's a lot of corn in Ohio. And the Lord began to speak to me in that. And he says, take it as a sign in the natural of the blessings that are here again. I was looking for corn and I couldn't find a good corn. And somebody was so gracious to bring me corn you understand we can walk out there to the foyer right now there's tomatoes and cucumbers out there the blessings are here I don't take it's the little things that I look at that I'm just so thankful for you know Proverbs 3 5 says lean not into your own understanding Psalms 89 6 let me read that whole verse because this is the part that I need to get to you is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That's the key, trusting in the Lord. This has been happening. That's been happening. We've been tested. <laughs> We're going through this stuff, right? And the Lord's like, are you still going to stand? Are you still going to worship me? You know? And I just keep saying, God, I trust in you. 
You got the AC taken care of. You got this situation taken care of. Things that are held up, you've already unheld them up. You've already released them in the spirit. They're going to come. It's going to happen. Because I'm trusting in him, not in man, not in myself, not in things that I can do of my own strength. But I'm trusting in him. And it changes everything. Psalms 89.6, for who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? There's not. Isaiah 40.18-31, through 31, to whom can compare you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed into a mold, overlaid with gold, and de decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that would decay in a skilled craftsman to carve an image that would fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root. When he blows on them and they wither and the wind carries them off like shaft. To whom will you compare me? Who's my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and uncomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Put your name there. Oh, so-and-so, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you ever heard? Have you ever understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. I think that's a big thing. All of us grow weak and weary, but he doesn't grow weak and weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men, young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will, not, they will walk and not grow faint. Do we have any eagles in the house this morning? It's time to take flight, people. It's time for us to soar in the heavens again. Not everybody's going to understand what you're perceiving in the spirit. 1 Corinthians says 2.14, The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. For they are folly to him, and he does not, he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Not everybody's going to understand vision God's giving you. Not everybody's going to understand the decisions you're making in your life right now. They're not, because some of it is going to be they're trying to interpret the understanding through their natural means. But it's only the spirit that can unveil things to us. It's only through the Holy Spirit. He kept uh, just saying this through, this through the whole song. It was like, he is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's doing this, this alignment with his timing right now. Sometimes we get away from the timing of the Lord. Because we're a want it now kind of generation. I want it yesterday. <laughs> but he comes in, you know, like how you used to grab your little kids behind their shirt and snatch them back. 
of you every day. I know I did it. I don't know anybody else in here. Disclaimer, I did not abuse my children. <laughs> but you know, when you go a little too far, your parent would snatch you from your shirt and be like, nope, you're not, you're not supposed to go there. I believe that's what he's doing right now. He's aligning us with his timing. See, because when you're in alignment with his will, the blessings come. And that's one thing that I could say that when I saw the corn, the Lord began to speak to me through that. And he says, it's because you were in the season of such alignment with my Holy Spirit that all I could do was bless you. Habakkuk 2.3 says, for still the vision awaits its appointed time and hastens to the end, to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It'll surely come. It will not delay. I love that. When God gives us vision, how we want it so fast. But even the vision has its appointed time. Even the prophetic words you've received in your life has an appointed time. There's an alignment with heaven and earth that happens in you being in the will of the Father. It's like you're almost there. You get to the line. An attack comes and you're like, let me move away from God. Or you get discouraged. Let's be real. We have our moments of discouragement that comes in. And then sometimes you don't feel like praying. Sometimes you don't feel like, like reading your word. Sometimes you don't feel like certain things. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm very real with people. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in like, oh, all day and all night. That's just not me. <laughs> people I've been around sometimes think that. I'm like, no, I'm a real person. I make mistakes. <laughs> I have this flesh that I still carry. <laughs> and I'm in the fight just like you are. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how we're quick to forgive regular people, but people in leadership, we have a hard time forgiving the most? I'm just speaking the truth. But I always tell people, if you're looking for perfection, don't look to me because I will never be perfection for you in your life. I will fail you. I will make mistakes along the way. And in those moments of my mistakes, I ask that you do forgive me. That we forgive each other. Because in the process of doing things for the Lord and God, there is a process of our flesh that mixes in there. And when our flesh mixes in and our emotions mix in, it creates division between us. But God's saying, can you just forgive so we can have unity and come together and do the things for the kingdom? I know when God told me to go back to the place where I was offended, it was the hardest thing for me. But it was a die to self moment. Because I had to put the kingdom of God before that. What God wanted for was a bigger picture than I could ever imagine. I didn't even know it. I probably still don't know it till this day. But I had to lay myself down in love to forgive in that moment that I needed certain people and I needed certain things in my life at that moment. And even though in my flesh I wanted to just keep running and I just kept wanting to do what I wanted to do, even though I was doing ministry stuff, I was in ministry still. I was just helping another ministry. I was doing God's stuff. But as soon as I got back to where I was supposed to be, something happened. And our ministry was birthed out of that place of forgiveness. So my view of forgiveness is so different because I know how hard it is to forgive at times. But in that forgiving, I've seen the other side of that. The receiving of the blessings in that forgiveness. 
and how God restores and brings blessings even in that. That none of us had it right or perfect. <laughs> I'm just to a point now in my life, I'm just like, I just can't cry over spilt milk anymore. God will send the more milk. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there's a season and a time. For every activity under heaven. And that's what I rely on, that his timing is perfect. I don't want to rush anything. I just want to flow with Holy Spirit and let things come to me when they're supposed to come to me. There's things that probably I could get frustrated and mad about because things haven't come as quick as I would want them to come in my breakthrough. But I've, I'm learning this season to just kick back and say, Lord, you do it. I'm not going to try to make something happen on my own means. It's like, you take care of it on the timing you want to take care of it. You do what you need to do on your timing. What did we sing this morning? I am not my own. When you understand, that's a heavy thing for this generation right now. That they are not their own. When you give your life to Christ, you were, you're no longer about your own self anymore. You're about his business and what he's spoken, his will over your life. When this alignment comes, John 14, 27 takes an effect in your life. This is what he was showing me the other day. I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And when I read that, I was like, he left us a gift. And a lot of the times, we don't even know how to open the gift. It sits there, and we stare at it, and we look at it, and we're excited about it. But we don't open it. That's right, Bart. But I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. In what you're doing right now in your life, if there is no peace, then more than likely you're not in his will. And if you're not in his will, then you may have to shift some things in your life to be in the will of the Father. Because as soon as you get in his will, something shifts in your life. I'll give you an example of myself. The Lord had told me and my family that we needed to make a transition. And at that time, I was immature in areas in my life. I still am. <laughs> Actually, there's still things going on with me that I need to mature in. I don't think we ever arrived to full maturity quite yet. But, yeah, we get close, right, Mark? But, but I tell you this story because my husband was like, I hear God, this is what we have to do. He started packing our boxes. And I was like, no, I'm not ready yet. It's not time. Because my heart was connected to the place where we were at and I felt like nobody could do the things we were there to do at that moment and I was like but they're not going to have somebody to do this and they're not going to have somebody to do that and what are they going to do if this happens and that happens and the Lord's like you have to be about my will and it was the hardest thing because your heart gets attached in love in certain areas that he had you to do in one season that when the seasons change, you have to like ask God for help in that area to detach that heart part, to get in his will again, to do what he wants you to do. It's dying to self, honestly. And I was fighting it and fighting it. And, and the, in the process of that, I went through some things that I didn't, I, the Lord didn't want me to go through those things. But I went through some things. And afterwards, I realized 
man, I should have listened sooner to the will that you have for me than fight you on the will. <laughs> and then I could have, it could have been so much easier for me. But I learned from that time that when God says, pack your, bo your boxes and go, then I go now. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, Ohio, okay? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for a little while. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just want to share that story to encourage you that you, we learn. We learn when we're not in the will of God the great things that he has for us. And I don't think I've read on anything, anything at all in the word of the Lord where people were in perfection because they weren't. I believe right now the Lord is teaching us about agape love that's why we have all this love and, and, and all you need is love on the tables we still don't get the agape love yet because if we did understand agape love the way Jesus did people wouldn't be offended and hurt and running around from church to church anymore They would understand that the agape love, you know that part of agape love is brotherly love. <laughs> that will preach. Some of us haven't learned that yet. I'm still working on mine. The fatherly love, the agape love is a fatherly love of God for humans as well as a human reciprocal love for God. It's a self-sacrificing kind of love. Jesus' mission was based on agape, brotherly love. It was deep. It was sacrificial. Because you love somebody that you would lay yourself down for them in love. I remember we did like this demonstration at my old church one time. And we started having people come and lay down in agape love for others, for one another. And we talked about how when you begin to lay yourself down in agape love for one another, that it creates the rivers. It begins to create such a rushing river that it's overwhelming for the people that even walk in the door. Because it comes in and it grabs them. And it touches them in such a deep way that there's no, all that can come out of agape love is transformation. Hallelujah. From transition to transformation. Some of you are in transition right now because he's trying to transform you in transformation to be an agape love. We look more to the other people than we do ourselves. And the Lord has literally held me so accountable in that area that he says, don't look at others, look at yourself first. Where are you at in your agape love first? Can you love people no matter what? Can you have this brotherly love no matter if they've hurt or offended you or they've done this and that? We can do a big old list. I've, it's endless. But when you're functioning out of agape love, love covers a multitude of sin. So whatever that person or people or congregation or whoever did what to you, agape love is where you want to be because it comes in and it covers all the junk and all the mess. And it causes the rivers to run again. It's so powerful, agape love. And I think the Lord right now really wants us to understand that. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
Your agape love you walk in is not for the other person. Your agape love that you walk in is that you, it brings you closer to him. Because he loves them. Even in the mistakes, even in the faults, even in all this stuff, he loves them. And when you learn to walk in agape love, that deep love for one another, unity comes in. And guess what? The devil hates unity. He hates when we all come together. What brings unity, Holy Spirit? Because Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit begins to bring the sheep back in. Bring the eagles back in that went astray for a little while. And he goes and he sends out calls to them. I was thinking about this morning because my husband had uh, showed me this picture of this humongous eagle that we saw on Facebook the other day. And I was like, God, I was like, he was as big as the person next to him, this bald eagle. And I was like, that was a general. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that was a general, man. I said, he survived all kinds of stuff that nothing took him out. <laughs> nothing killed him. Nothing took him out. And then he grew so big. And I just started thinking about that. I was like, God is the general of all of us. And he's sending out a call right now. Not just to this church, not to this re not just, just to this region, but across the world right now. And he's calling his eagles back. And he's doing a call. And I was like, what does the eagles even sound like, Lord? The sound of what the cry of the eagle would sound like when the eagle begins to cry out for the other eagles. Go watch a video if you have time and hear the sound. Because that's how the Lord is calling back his bride to the, back to the kingdom of God. See, we, we get to gather here on Sundays and Thursdays, but this is not the limitation here. This is just having us having fun with Jesus. <laughs> but when, think about the expansion of a general's wings. How big the wings are. They're humongous. They cover a lot of territory. And I believe that the enemy has even come to even lie to even those seasoned people. That they've lost their act of agape love. And I, I was praying the other night. I said, God, that you would open up that love again to us. That we would feel, hear, and understand this great love again that calls out to us when we're broken, that calls out to us when we have nowhere else to go. Let's just stand this morning. We begin to have agape love and we get to see our families restored again. It's the agape love that pulls people together again. It is so deep, you'll never understand the power of it. It's endless and limitless to what God wants to bring together in the agape love. Who can compare? Right? Who can compare to the love he has for us? God, I thank you this, this afternoon, God. I thank you, Lord, that nothing will compare to you, Lord. Nothing compares to you, God. Our gifting. You said we received our crowns today. The most powerful part is when we give our crowns back to you, Lord. When we lay our crowns at your feet, God. That it's not about any one of us, God, but it's about you, Lord, that you get the honor and glory for every part, Lord. So we come this afternoon getting our crowns and laying them at your feet, Jesus. That even in that process, God, that you would give us an impartation, Holy Spirit, of your agape love. Your brotherly love, God, 
that we would begin to love and see one another through your lenses, through your eyes again, God, that we don't miss not one moment of moving in that agape love for one another, God. God, forgive us in the times where we didn't show it, God. God, forgive us, Lord, if the church wasn't a representation of the agape love, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, in those moments, God. There's something happening to some of you right now. He's healing areas right now in your heart. I see the Lord just coming to hearts this morning and, and he's mending him like a, like a needle and thread and he's mending the tears this morning. He's making your heart whole again so you can love in this agape love again and not be afraid. But in that agape love, you would have peace in it. We thank you this morning for restoration, for healing, Lord, for forgiving us, God. And I just feel this morning like if there's something in your heart that you need to forgive somebody for, like just right now take the moment to forgive them in your heart. You can't have unforgiveness and agape love in the same places because it doesn't work that way. You have to forgive in your heart so agape love can come and sit in those areas of your heart. So you can move in the fullness of that love. Because we were never meant to move not loving people. We were always created to love. We were made in love. He created us with his hands in love. I believe the blessings are here this morning. I just thank you, Father. Just begin to thank him right there where you're at. Just begin to thank the Father. Thank you, Lord, for the restoration, God. Thank you, Lord, for restoring relationships with people, God. Thank you, Lord, God, for healing our hearts, Lord. Thank you, God, for healing areas, Lord, in my life, God, where I felt despair and hurt, God. Thank you, Lord, for rebooting my heart again and agape love to love again the way that you love, God. It's a supernatural thing to have agape love. Holy Spirit, just come and give us the agape love again. Who can compare to the love you have for us, King of all kings? Nothing can compare. So we give you thanksgiving this morning, Lord. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our praise this morning, God. Just begin to cry out to him this morning. See, I, I don't know what your cry is going to be this morning. I have my own cry, but you have your own cry. And whatever you need to cry out to God for this morning, he's going to come in and, and, and shower you. He's going to shower you with that agape love. And he's going to remove those things that he didn't, he didn't want you to have. And he's like, I'm removing those old things where you couldn't function in the fullness of the agape love. And I'm bringing restoration and healing so that way the next thing that I have for you, they were talking about the next step. <laughs> we were in the hills of Asheville, North Carolina years ago. And the whole conference was called The Next Step. And we were supposed to be there with Bob Jones. But that's when he had his accident. With his leg and his foot. And one thing that he stood for was, did you know how to love? 
that was his whole ministry. And if you ever had an opportunity to get around him, that's the one thing you felt was the love of the Father that oozed out of him and his wife in their ministry. So let me tell you, we've got to begin to move in agape love to take the next step. Because that is the only thing that's going to touch just generation and how lost they are right now and how confused they are. And, and, and all this mess they're battling right now, the only thing that's going to grab them is the agape love that only the Lord can give them. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to love. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've poured out, everything you've given us this day, Lord. And we give you praise. Let's just thank the Lord this morning. Let's just give him a hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, right? <laughs> Don't forget about Thursdays, guys. We're, we're having a good time in teaching a prophetic made simple. Every time we do it, it's something new. Um, we just have a lot that we're, we have coming up in September all kinds of things in, in, you know, in the months to come. And uh, we'll be putting it out there for you guys to see that. But I'm just excited. Be ready to receive the blessings. Be ready to receive the breakthroughs. Come with an expectation for the Lord, to the Lord in that. Well, I just speak blessings over every family in here that you have your good family time this afternoon together. God bless.